Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I am Kay, and remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of the... Well, Tower- the, the, the stacks are not so much towering anymore, because I have been... Has like, been a collapse? A collapse suggests a, a lack of intent. No, my, oh, my little them down. forklift... Me. Ah. Me and my little yeah. forklift. Yes. Uh, I've gone on a sort of rearranging adventure. Now, yeah. as, as, you, as you remember, I'm just going to catch all the readers up on the unnecessary lore. I, I've decided to create some bulwarks in the library against the enemies of the library. Still yeah. not, not totally clear on what those were. No. Okay. I think maybe I've gone a little bit overboard. Again? Yeah. So last time I ripped out the ceiling to, to make room for like more floors. Yeah. And now I've created like a rather a nice annex building and a new sort of reflecting pond that yes. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to waterproof it to get the water in. But it's all still inside the library building. So you, you're still like building another new library in the library from the material of the library. It's kind of like like that miniature village that like a town has with a little miniature village in a corner and a little miniature village in that, and it's like it's like miniature villages all the way down. It's libraries all the way down here. You have you have once again absolutely nailed it. I would like to welcome you to the new sub library. Oh, that's a that's a that's that's going to be a good one. The new sub library. Okay. Yes, because uh, like as I was constructing this this giant book fort, I decided that oh, it needs a, it needs a you know a little refectory. Yeah. And and they probably also want a place to store their books, despite being made out of books. So. Yeah, yes. now there's the sub-library. I guess we can store the pocketbooks there. Oh, that's a great idea. Kay, I love how you're always so on board with my kooky shenanigans. <laughs> like, like, it would be so easy for you to, me, to make me feel silly about the stuff that I do while I've been your guest in this library for some 81 weeks now. Guest, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never, never having seen daylight or tasted the sweet, sweet air of freedom since, except for a brief stint to hell. At, uh, I wouldn't call that sweet nor freedom, but... Uh, best not uh, to dwell on that. that, yeah. What's, what's smaller than pocketbooks? Because you can see it's, it's not a very large space, and I worry that it will fill up. You've got those too, things like, the, like you know, little book of calm that's not a real thing that was a prop huh? in the first episode of uh, you've seen, uh, black you, you, books you've seen those books around you know like you, they, they're usually on sale at bookstores especially in uh, airports and oh, train stations okay yeah 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 the, the little books that you have on the counter the little coin pocket almanac exactly that's that the fit one. in your yeah, yeah. The, the secret scs handbook in pocket format and you know other things like i like the little book of calm oh i i like that Oh, that's that's great. We'll make it. It'll be a little like a little library for like mouses and cats and well, and maybe and raccoons. That, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, Tristan would enjoy this. Yeah, so they will no longer have to uh, stand one atop the other in a, in a could, trench coat because they have those cute little paws. For them. The cute like, little paws would could... should work fantastically for them since it's about their size. There might be water damage. I mean, we have to convince them not to gently wash the books. Well, they're not for eating, so I don't think they would. I'm sorry? You think that there is an object that a raccoon wouldn't eat? I mean, I'm sure that the raccoons here know not to eat the books by now. The bookworms don't know that, and they, they will happily munch their way through. Oh, I wonder if we're going to get little bookworms. Little baby bookworms. Oh, God. We don't like bookworms here, remember? It's no, like they're uh, not there. Well, a bit of hoisin sauce. Listen, well, what I'm getting from you is that you're basically on board with this, right? Like, this is an okay new feature. It seems to be the good course of action to go with you, yes. Yeah. I find that right. like, encouraging you works better than not doing so. In well, the long good. Run. And putting up with the inane refurbishments of the library. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the first part of that as an unqualified good. rave and yes. just leave the rest as 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 addenda. Fantastic. And then I'm going to take the uh, the introduction again, and uh, uh, we find ourselves for the first time amid the miniature stacks of my library. Okay. 
Where'd you, you, where do you get the books at your library? Where, does, where do libraries get books? They usually buy them. And they're, they're, they're donated and they're gifted as well. Yes. Which, I mean, that's kind of, like you did suggest putting the pocketbooks in here. So it's my, I'm not suggesting yeah. that it's my collection, right? So it's on loan. So yeah. to speak. Okay. Which yeah. is the, the, the can, fundamental thing. No, but I can work with that. Like, as a, as a structure, I feel quite confident, and mm-hmm. it's no slight to you. Obviously, your library is, is yes. magnificent and made a fantastic uh, building materials that uh-huh. I really enjoyed. But, yeah, welcome to my library. That looks lovely. Thank you. I think we can expect a lot of expansion, because okay. I, my, my, my whatever you call a carpenter's thumb... Is, oh, yeah. is that a disease? Oh, I don't know. It's like, was, isn't that what you happen when you hit it with a hammer? Ooh, no, I don't want that. I wanted okay. to say something like green thumb, but oh, uh, okay. I don't want to think of something um, like that. Well, I don't know, black Wood thumb. Wood chipper thumb. None of those are good. Well, you it's know, it's like, I guess like the wet thumb. From like, That's more like a book licking. Like, you know, one of those, those annoying people who lick their thumb before oh. they... Before they change the uh, flip I over the page, I thought it was foreplay. Listen, we'll we'll see oh, how okay. how things turn out. But in the meantime, yes, I would like to introduce our readers to the centerpiece of of my library on loan from your library. It's not a uh, pocket book, though, is it? No, it's mm. not. A, it's not a, actually. Uh, it was produced by. God, it's always something with you, isn't it? Science fiction, no. Oh, it is a pocket book. It says pocket right at the top, so I guess it's true. Purchased, Hooray! It was originally purchased for $2.25. Mm-hmm. It's a cute little... I won't say raccoon, but I meant... It's a, a kangaroo. Yeah, it's or a so ma- mouse mouth. with pockets. A pocket mouse. T-Rex, T-Rex deer. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are these words you're the saying? T-Rex deer, that's like kangaroos. Oh, because of his little little hands. Little forearms. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's going to be one of those episodes. I love it. So what do we have in store for our readers this week? This week's book is by Charles L. Harness, the author of The Catalyst. I don't know why that's relevant. I never heard of that book, but here we go. It's called Firebird, and into the darkest heart of the universe, they rode to the ultimate battle between love and science. And we've done a, we've done a book by Charles L. Harness before. Ah, did we now? Which one was that? Uh, now that was uh, called Chrono, and ah. yeah, you had the uh, the planetary surveyors, and Who they were, were trying to kill each other, if I recall correctly. And then they discovered that they both liked pina coladas. Yes, as that as that song Which goes. Which was a bit weird, but okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't think there were pina coladas on that particular planet, but no, but metaphorically, as in they oh. discovered that the you know, by, I, by. Of, I mean, I love lots of alcohol, but pina coladas are a little bit on my too sweet for me. It's like it's the coconut and stuff. I mean, oh no, that's 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 yeah, I know this year's. Yeah, year's that's year's totally thing. my jam. Yeah, is that the one that you can actually drink like from a coconut? Probably. I mean, there's not much you can't drink from a coconut. Milk. Coconuts have their own milk. Yeah, it's not milk. Well, I mean, like you know, coconuts is both hairy and produces milk, so therefore it's a mammal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yes. Okay. One day you're going to have to write a, a like a philological taxonomy of of the the world and life forms and life, ac- life according to the library. Yeah, the, the life according to K. But in the meantime, I mean, we are looking at some spectacular life forms on oh, here. Yes. Like, I believe in some in some areas, this book was published under a, a far more descriptive title: "Sexy Space Lions from Space." Yes, the cover. The artist <laughs> yeah. very much managed to ca- capture that particular image here. We have a hunky lion man. Gosh, un- really? Only two nipples, though, which is a bit like, mm, okay. He's carrying a uh, gorgeous 
pink-haired lioness, I suppose. A lion woman, yeah. She's got quite a mane for a lioness. I've got two... Non-binary sex roles or something. Sexual dimorphism, I think, is the one you're looking for. That's the word, yes. And we've got two, like, moons or planets hovering in the the sky, and you've got a big old rocket ship in the the background. With a nice view... Oh, no, it's probably the engine. That's probably not a viewing lounge. Yeah, it's got a big old caboose. I like that it's a, you know, a classical rocket ship. It does have all the hallmarkings of it, with with the beautifully styled lines and And the the needle uh, point. Yep. And then this fecking big engine at the bottom. How does one exit one of these things? Probably through that door right at the top, but I don't see any ladders or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, right. So that's that would be a bit, like, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that's dangerous in this world. Also, because la- yeah, landing that close to the edge of a cliff, mm, that's not very good practice. One can even imagine that maybe that cliff wasn't there when they landed. Possible. That was such a garbage landing that they actually chucked a bit of the uh, the land away. We've got him wearing, I assume they look a bit like space blue jeans. And, and a weapon slung at a, you know, a firearm yeah. or a space laser slung yeah. at his... Uh, at his waist. Puss in boots type boots. Oh, yes. Very good. He's got the sort of foldy over leather yes. leather boots. With uh, no toes, so the claws can stick out, oh, which yeah. is like Osha would not like that. In fact, no. those are not work-safe boots. I mean, your toes would get crushed. Well, in his case, I mean, obviously, as a lion person, as, mm. he, as he now appears, like he's got the claws. Oh, wow. He's got he's got them claws extended. Three oh, yeah, claws, yeah. I noticed. Oh, yeah, you're right. But, yeah. but his hands has got four fingers. Oh, that's curious. And uh, he's got a, a, a sort of a jewel-encrusted leather bandolier yes. strapped across his bulge. Chest. Which doesn't seem to serve any purpose other than decorative. Yeah, it's not It's not contributing to holding yeah, the up the weapon, which is on, on a it. chain. Yeah, which is, I like that. That's quite a cute design. I also like the design of that pistol, by the way. It's like, it's got a scope on it by the looks of it. It looks like it's a nice solid space pistol. And the Lion Woman's costume, yeah. it's the Tice theory, or Thice theory of titillation uh, named after the costume designer for uh, Star Trek, the original series, uh, a gay gentleman named William Tice, or Thice, I don't know how it's, how it's pronounced, but he, he figured out that the, the sort of sexiness of a costume is not related to how much skin it exposes, yes. but on how likely it is to accidentally fall off. Oh, yes. And what, what the chance of a wardrobe mouth <laughs> function is yes, and you're exactly. sitting there constantly hoping for it to happen and like it's brilliant because he, he came yeah. up with these with these rather chaste costumes sometimes there's uh, some 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 kind of greek uh, uh, mm-hmm. divine uh, uh, woman and she was just she was wrapped almost head to toe in cloth but it was all sort of held together by like a sash slung over her shoulder and, and it's extremely slipped, precarious yes everything would come off yes the invention of the gownless evening straps i believe was one of <laughs> yes so on the cover we see the heroes of this book uh, a couple of intergalactic bounty hunters. Yes, I was ex- very excited to hear about that. Right now, I was surprised at the at the parallels with a, with a story that we recently read about uh, intergalactic bounty hunting, and it, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of overlap. Like uh, the gentleman that we see here now in his fine Leonine regalia yes. started off as a regular human on uh-huh. regular old Earth, and he was much like the protagonist of another book that we've done before. He was a night nurse. Ah, yes, the werewolf. From, I, I can see the cover right for me. The man in yeah, the exactly in the, in the with gown the facing the werewolf who he was. Uh, yes, and it was it was just a few episodes ago, but now there's another night nurse. This one named Leonard Skinnerd, who also was pursued by by an intergalactic bounty hunter. In this case, the woman over his uh, over his arms, mm-hmm. uh, Leia Tioni. But it was another case of identity theft because he was actually trying to hunt down an intergalactic criminal called Leopard Skeppard. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's easy to get mixed up with those names, especially right. when the Universal translators on the Fritz again, like they are bound to do whenever uh, that story writer needs a uh, communications breakdown, as we saw happen with with Wolf the Bounty Hunter, and now also with Leia Tioni, the yeah. uh, uh, the Bounty Hunter, who had to uh, make do on Earth investigating a, a Leopard Skeppard with 
earth-based technologies mm-hmm. based on the principle of least advancement. Uh, oh. And so, yeah. What is the principle of least advancement? Well, when you're a bounty hunter on a more primitive, like, non-galactic uh, right. you're, you're planet... Not, you're not allowed to use any technology that they don't have available there. Yeah, and some allowances are made. Like, if you know that the villain that you're chasing has brought more advanced technology, then that's about as high as you yeah, can you're go. Not, you're not allowed the to out-technology them, basically. Yep. Yeah. While originally Leonard Skinner was a, was a regular old human, uh, Leia has always been a, a been a lion woman. She is from a planet known as Leonia that she departed from a, a long time ago. And in similar fashion, Leonard Skinner, having having discovered the, the the galactic life, decides to to go with Skip Leia Earth with her and like turn to the life of international bounty hunting. Sorry, interplanetary bounty hunting. Yeah, and and they 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 gradually develop a friendship that uh, that deepened. I liked how that was portrayed in all the on all the flashbacks. I would like, say that would be a partnership, even uh, in more ways than one. Definitely, until until eventually they find themselves happily married as mm-hmm. a, as a husband and wife team of bounty hunters bringing justice to the wild well, portions of the galaxy. Bounty hunters aren't traditionally about bringing justice. They're more about like you know bringing people into justice. Maybe they're not about dealing justice themselves. They just go like they're in it for the money. That they're not is. In it for the justice. They're like, okay, this person... But otherwise they're mercenaries. Well, no, I mean, the idea with the bounty hunter is like a bounty is posted, and you can only assume that the bounty is legally posted. I mean, otherwise it's just a... uh, No, that's fair. It's just a contract, basically. Yeah. A hit. But anyway, yes, they find themselves in the in, in a rather profitable business of the bount- of hunting bounties in the galaxy. But their marital bliss is marred by some health problems that Leia's having, and like oh. they, they they manifest in in some erratic behaviour yes. and increasing uh, a lethargy yeah, and sleeping twenty three hours a day instead of twenty two. Yeah, which for a cat like that's a that's a that's a huge deal. Also, <laughs> how she manages to get so much done in the normal it's two like, hours that she's not napping is. Have you seen cats run around at two in the morning yes i have there you go that's the one okay <laughs> and being the being the supportive and concerned husband that leonard skinner is like he tries to he tries to compensate for her lapses of yeah. course and- oh she's just off doing something else and he managed that for quite a while but eventually you know we're gonna have to find a solution to this problem yes and the first step is obviously to be to be honest with one another like mm-hmm. he has every right to to expect honesty from uh, from his life partner until she admits she's under the under the thrall of an increasing nip dependency yeah. on a, a somewhat illicit substance that's known to be particularly delightful to uh, oh. the feline species. Oh, yes. the, at first he's like, oh, you're on drugs. And it's like, oh, he's, he's a little bit judgmental about it. Yeah, Turns because out, he's uninformed. He's yes. uh, coming from a place of ignorance. And he's going, oh, I can't believe you have to, you're dependent on something like that. There's a bit of a spat in it, which is always uh, interesting to read how a writer resolves an argument between uh, partners in, in, in that way. Yeah. It's, yeah. I thought Charles O'Hollis did a, did a very good he job. Did. He, uh, has a, he has a good run on this uh, on this show for portraying complicated but like real relationships yes. in those books that he's written that we've that, yeah she does like make make counter arguments that are that are hard to get to get through to him of course i mean uh, to which degree can he can he believe her her statements that you know nip's not that bad and really like it's just a, it's just a relaxant and it broadens your mind when when clearly like she's also, also suffering dependency but ah. he does discover that on her home world of, of Leonia, a planet that they've curiously never visited. I guess they eloped. Yeah, well, certainly she escaped from her planet, uh, just in the way that they didn't go back to Earth to uh, to introduce her to no. his parents. Like, why would you? But Leonia, while not much is known about this planet in the in the intergalactic community, it does have a reputation for, for being very broad-minded in the recreational use of NIP. 
Yes. And that if anywhere has like therapy, therapeutic programs or just the ability to, it, to help it someone. It would be there, especially yeah. because, like, you know, it's their, like, it's their thing. It's like where the, where the line people come from. So if anybody knows how to deal with that kind of thing, then it's that planet. Exactly. So off to Leonia they go. Now, as soon as they arrive in the in the solar system, he immediately realizes that that something is is quite wrong. There are no satellites. There's no. Uh, there doesn't appear to be any active space travel. Like this appears to be a backwater, yes. uh, a closed off planet, much like Earth was. Barely any radio communications. Yeah. Uh, no uh, massive power uh, signatures for uh, power grids, which are like encompassing the planet. Nothing of that. So the principle of least advancement applies, and he has to he has to have some 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 fun reconstruction on his face in yes. order to appear as a Leonian himself. Fortunately, they have like advanced medical technology things on their spaceship, which is useful when you're a bounty hunter. You know, when you have got one of those medical pods, which you can just like lie oh, yeah. down and like get completely reconstructive surgery if that's needed. And he just reprograms it to have himself changed into a, a, a lion, basically. A lion. Yeah. Man. I uh, mean, although no, no six nipples, but that seems no, to be exactly. like, fair enough. I mean, they got she, the cheat model that only goes sort of down to yeah, the I mean, shoulders. She, she's like that as well. Like, you know, she's got the... I mean, oh, I, yeah, I guess in the furry boots. community, this would be called poodling, which was generally frowned. It's just, <laughs> it's just the, the head and the paws, which seems to be like... The, uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. Everything, everything else is smooth human skin. Uh, yeah. Beautifully bronzed under the warm sun of the uh, yeah. Leonian sun. You know, I've never met a night nurse that, that, that was quite that fit. Well, he wasn't quite a night nurse at that point for quite a while. No, that's and, true. And but what do you mean that fit? I mean they barely have time to eat. They run around for long shifts. They're, they're going to be bone thin. You, you can't get. No, that's what I mean. No, time to, to train out of there. It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You're going to be. You're going to be lean. You're going to be. Uh, you know. But I guess as a bounty hunter, he's had plenty of time to work up a little bit of bulk. Yeah, doing a zero g yoga. Oh, I thought I, I came across a beautiful description of judo. The gentle art of folding clothes with a person still inside them. Oh, yes. <laughs> now I remember what the connection to yoga was, because that was the other one. It was like involuntary yoga. Oh, yeah. So, yes, arriving on Leonia, uh, he finds a suitable place to park his spaceship. Yeah, apparently doing a little bit of damage and causing a little... Uh, yeah, just well, a little... Let's just go with artistic freedom of the man who painted the cover. But, uh, yeah, finds, an, uh, finds a, uh, a big settlement and decides to land his ship sufficiently far away from it to not attract overly amounts of attention and uh, makes his way towards the, turns out to be, the capital. The city of Catalot. Uh, <laughs> and yes. it doesn't take a long time to figure that it's being ruled by King Arper. Yes, yes, that's, that's right. And uh, <laughs> bringing his sick wife along, he gets enough sympathy <laughs> and like, he, he quickly explains to the locals what the problem is and go like, oh yes, you definitely have to go see the kingdom. The king. Uh, yeah, the king, yeah. Like, this is definitely an issue that needs to be taken care of. She's like, sh- th- throwing. He's a very hands-on kind of ruler, isn't he? He is. He is. And it's like it, it, they, they they examine her and they go like, oh yes, definitely a case of nip withdrawal. And, oh uh, yeah. I mean, she's she's been on the stuff. She had some of the stuff. There's plants in the in the uh, in the spaceship. But I guess like over time, the potency of the strain has uh, kind of died out a bit, a little bit too much uh, cross pollination with itself. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And her increasing tolerance as well. And, yeah, and, it's like yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't work out very well. So he's brought upon, uh, before uh, King Arper and his Queen uh, Catalina. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Queen Catalia. I mispronounced that. No. Yes. No. That's that's right. I was going to correct you. Yeah. Thank you. And basically, he gets like brought out in front of her and she carrying his wife more or less in the way that you can see on the cover yeah is and that the fireman's carry oh no that's over the shoulder yeah i thought so too so what's oh it's the bridal carry that's the one for yes. when you want to smash someone's head into a doorpost 
head and legs, and yes. you just want to smash, smash, smash. <laughs> well, the, the smashing is usually comes a little bit later after you make <laughs> oh, it across. Yeah, the smashing comes after you cross the threshold. That's the one. And uh, basically, brought it in catalogs, and uh, they, they, they they show much concern of her, and she gets he get they, they get assigned a nice tower room where she can like yeah, that was s- sleep, royal treatment. Sleep for her twenty three hours a night. And uh, although there is a, a bit of a, a, a problem, it seems, when one of the, uh, the, the K- King Arpers advisors, a man by the name of Percival, uh, <laughs> yes. he has his doubts about uh, Leonard because he kind of th- he, he has his suspicions. He doesn't really cat well yeah. enough. His tail's not really. I mean, he's got no, one now, but yeah, he doesn't really know how to ha- handle and hold it. So exactly, he's always tripping over it, and yeah, he's, and he, he's got it. He got it smacked in a door once, and much to the hilarity of the court. Uh, yeah, his his ears don't move right. You can never quite see what he's listening at. Exactly. So, and uh, he goes he goes and investigates uh, to see where this uh, where this mysterious Leonard person came from. Goes on a little quest around town finds out where they came from, follows their tracks, and eventually finds their spaceship and goes like, oh, what's this? Ha-ha. <laughs> we have uh, something, we have weirdness afoot. Uh, yeah, that's, that's defying the, the principle of least advancement. Yes. By contaminating this innocent planet with, with knowledge of space travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Percival heads back into uh, Catalot, uh, where he uh, goes to seek out the head of the Catholic Church. <laughs> yes. Which is, uh, which is run by yes. uh, Archbishop Merlin. <laughs> oh God, this was such a good book. It was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it, yes. The Archbishop Merlin, uh, holder of the sacred gong. Yes. I, I love the half page of bong. Bong. That we had at one point. With which he anoints the sacred healing waters, which Percival was originally sent to go and fetch, uh, trying to bring uh, uh, Leia out of her, out of her stupor mm-hmm. with the, the healing properties of the gong water. Yes. Now, that's not... We all know it's never it's never quite as successful. Like it, really, it sounds like a great idea, no, it's but like, it really isn't. Anybody who's had any experience with the gong water should know that. Like, don't drink it. <laughs> yes, it's like, even, like, even rubbing it on you is like not a good idea. But drinking it is really the worst idea ever. And it's. Uh, I mean, this is something that we find out that King Arpur is kind of known for his ideas and all the kings that they've had. Like the ideas seem pretty good coming from on high. Ideas, one might call them. Mm. This phenomenon where the where the chiefs just have the worst ideas sometimes is known as chiefing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they get together and they chief the hell out of it. I guess it's yeah, and they can be quite blunt sometimes. Oh but yes, it's one way to deal with the nip. So while while various ineffectual therapies are being tried and and Leonard is becoming a little bit uh, uh, impatient, like the the paradisical piece of Leonia and the city of Catalot is shattered by the sudden arrival of gigantic what are known as fusion stakes mm-hmm. being shot down out of the out of the sky like huge huge sort of javelins let rodham again isn't it building size well yeah <laughs> and and Leonia is is rotted by these by these giant stakes from space jamming themselves into the ground claiming essentially an area of space around Catalot for a group of core prospectors mm. who have not really respected the... Uh, Least interference principle. No, exactly. So as this team of vile 
prospectors that see this this glorious planet only as just a, as just a lump of minerals for them to mm. explore. Like they've staked a, a claim that covers half a, half a continent where they intend to do their fossicking. Now, I didn't know that word before. No, nor I. Now, it's, it's, it's literally the word for like modern prospecting, uh, uh, recreational very often. Uh, People where hunting for opal or panning for gold yeah. and stuff like that. Queen Catalia sadly perishes in the first attack run of the, oh, uh, yeah. the core prospects and sending Arper into a violent rage at his loss of his beloved queen. Oh, he has a hissy fit. Absolutely so. <laughs> Starts the clawful resistance against the uh, <laughs> yeah. the core prospectors. Uh, yeah, and Percival, he dons his, uh, his helmet and he stands there sort of scowling up, yelling, I am the claw! <laughs> yes. And, it, and it's not very impressive, but I, got, I sort of got the reference. Arch my back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're really arching their back to make themselves look big. <laughs> they, they inflate the balloons around the city to make the city look big. It's, not <laughs> a, it's, it's right. kind of a weird show. But so in response, uh, realizing that the planet is inhabited, uh, the prospectors come down to the planet. It's actually a fairly small team, considering of a couple of gentlemen named uh, Lethargibald, and yeah, he's kind of lazy, yeah. so he'd suit, and Dischargibald, who has a horrible skin disease. Oh, I thought he was like, a bit because of his uh, criminal past. Criminal oh, in- that could have been it. Criminal yeah. insanity. No, dis- yeah. And, and the, the female member of the team, Margibald, <laughs> under the leadership of Sargibaldi. Sargibaldi, yes. Like, he was just- Italian. <laughs> Who knows? They're they're here. They're with their proton pickaxes mm-hmm. to try and clear this resistance out, so they can smash a portion of the planet and and filter the core through their solar sluice. I've heard of like hydrogen scoops and stuff like that, but I've never heard of a solar sluice before. At least not. Before well, you I know read how with uh, uh, prospects, like they used to go panning for yeah. gold. You put it like a, a much easier way to do that is to have like a box with a with a filter in that you can put in the in the water, and then you can shovel mud in there. Yeah, and then the action of the water will. Fil- Wash the mud itself. away. Yeah, and, yeah. I've, uh, I've, and I've seen similar uh, contraptions built in where you can like see the different minerals like kind of auto separate out of yeah. vibrating pans. It's very, it's very beautiful to see. Their ship is automatically building one of these in in, in space, a giant sort of planet sized gravity web, uh, and all they have to do is smash the planet, and the solar winds will blow everything yes. through the filter. So uh, King Arper, vowing revenge on this uh, group decides to uh, take Leonard and his uh, beautiful wife Leia to the secret city of Lioness. Ooh. Now, that's, the, that's of course, the center of real power. It is. I mean, Catalot is just the fiction that they maintain for any visitors from outside. Yeah. Which is, which is like this lovely pastoral little ci- uh, city. Which I know. Is, it, it satisfies all the, the preconceptions that one might have it's of, like of a primitive Leonian like planet. You'd almost think that you're in Disney World. Uh, which is, like, turns out to be, like, hidden valleys full of greenhouses, which... Uh, are used to uh, grow the the nip supply that this planet is so famous for. Oh yeah, he's like I mean, he's seeing the nip, the, the regular nip fields outside, but that's just like the commercial stuff that goes sent off planet. This this is the hardcore stuff that they use for uh, for their own people and the secret power of the uh, of the <laughs> cloth of resistance. <laughs> yes, yeah, which is run by a man by the name of Pablo. Pablo, yes, of the of the Pablo resistance. Yes, <laughs> he's the head nip cultivar of the planet. Yeah, and under his, uh, I mean, he's continuing a, a tradition of like the quality of the product that they produce here is is astonishing to mm-hmm. Leonard. Like it's it's not merely for recreational use, but like oh no, they make their clothes out of it. It has fantastic material properties. And that, not only that, it is in fact the most precious substance in the universe. Yeah, it extends life, it expands consciousness, oh, and it allows the cats to fall <laughs> time and space. Because you know, everybody everybody knows 
how cats do that. You know, it's like you, you think that <laughs> yes. the cat is you, suddenly there's a cat which you would sworn was in another room like a moment ago, <laughs> and they've just like space time folded and like suddenly there's yeah. Else. It's the it's the only explanation. Uh, and so yeah, as uh, as as Pablo insists, the nip must flow. Exactly. Uh, the powerful resistance uses their space folding abilities to attack the prospectors and like wow. launch an attack against their base, destroy uh, the, the proton pickaxes and their uh, and the solar sluice. The solar sluice. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 teaching Leonard their uh, their 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 ways. He learns their 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 mantra. I must not purr. I, I will let it pass over me and through me, and wherever it goes, only I will remain. And after he has his own mind-bending experience when he's fed a oh yes, no, that's right, dose of the, the gong uh, the water of life. Yes, I think it's exactly. called. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes, it opens his uh, uh, his his nineteenth chakra, and he uh, yes, his ninth chakra, I believe it is. Like, it's, oh yes, it's yes, a cat yes, 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 the cats have the the ninth chakra. That's right. <laughs> And uh, he joins the powerful resistance to help rid them of the prospectors who are threatening their planet. Yeah, joined by uh, a newly recovered Leia who, who reveals her illness was not the mere dependency that it seemed. It was a, a bit of a ruse in order to draw him yeah, back that, to this that took uh, me this entirely planet. by surprise. Yeah, right? That was a nice twist at the end where it turns out that she kind of orchestrated this in order to bring him into the, uh, into the fold of the people of... Uh, uh, of Leonia. Yes, yeah, as she as she sensed through her through her own exposure to the high quality uh, lioness nip, the the future calamity that her planet would face. Uh, so the uh, the villains now obviously they can't be released into into space now that they know the Leonian secrets. Yes, uh, so they're punished and they're they're trapped in the uh, in the hot box and everybody goes and celebrates with some nice brownies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Traditional feline celebration. Yeah. The men are put to work to restore some of the damage. They've, oh, that's of course what caused the damage we see on the ship. It's like the the prospecting with their uh, proton oh, yes. pickaxes, like they tearing up the, the landscape. And that's that's, right. that's of course. No, of course it all makes so much sense now. That these you think these of it. books always do. <laughs> yeah, funny is that how it works out? Like that. I really enjoyed this book. It was a great fun. It was a great book. Was, there was a lot of like different different sort of uh, thematic plot lines that I think really came together. It, they, they, I think uh, Mister what's his name again? Charles L. Harness. Mr. Harness, like, really did a good job of making a, a great book out of this. Yeah, and I hope we encounter him in a few more episodes as well, because uh, we're, on a, we're on a good roll we'll here. We'll have to see if he's done any more books with an interesting cover. So, the Firebird didn't really come up, did it? I think it was, like, the name of the ship or something. It's probably something like this. Yeah. It's weird how sometimes the title just has no bearing on the, on no. the, on the book, <laughs> just the cover. Yeah. Also, the science really didn't... Uh, I, mean, I guess there was the science from the, uh, from the prospectors. Yeah, the battle between love and science. Yeah. I'm going to dock harness a, a few points for that because yeah. I don't think he like fully realized the potential of his cover. But I think he did a, did a very good job. So how are we going to rate this book? Out of nine. Out of nine? Come on. Yeah, no, it's, I can't argue with that. I'll give it an eight out of nine. Eight out of nine. Eight, Man, eight you're getting nine. more and more generous, I find. It, no, I think we've always been. We only review books we like, so we are that's always... Right. Yeah. That's right. There's going to be... There's going to be... I mean, eventually we're going to have to uh, like encounter a, a more challenging book that maybe we'll review in a, in a, in a more multidimensional... But Sli- slightly more case, critical, even. I've, I've got to say, I agree. Yeah, it's well, a, great. Nine out of, of eight out of nine, <laughs> nine on the scale of cat. And speaking of reviews, if you looked out at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing some opportunity to leave a little review for yours. F Trulies, we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're covering my asscast on Twitter, covering my asscast at gmail.com If you've got a cover that you really, really think that uh, uh, we should review, the baffling book of sentence makes sense. When I say it like that, word order. You were doing so well. (laughs) I sometimes do. So what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by John Birmingham. Ah. He died with a falafel in his hand. (laughs) 
Governor, thank you for joining us. At Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And we only judge a book by its cover. Just chiffing all day long, just explaining about how the Mayans invented cell phones. We think 